Hello everyone, and welcome once again to Dark Natter, the podcast where we unpeel and rummage around inside your favourite works of dark fiction. As always, I am John Richter. And I'm Liam Martin. And together we will be slicing, dicing and dissecting a particular piece of dark fiction to decide whether it is worthy of a place in the Hall of Pain. Ha ha ha. Oh, I see what you've done there. That's like a, a subject matter relevant laugh, isn't no, it? It's just my new laugh. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Okay. You just go. I'm only that. kidding with you. You're going with a, a McBain style <laughs> laugh. Ah. Or is it an the army? Terminator? That's the spirit. Yeah, it is. You will be pitching the Terminator to me. I want it in the Hall of Pain. And I'm going to tell you why it deserves to be in the Hall of Pain. I like your spunk. Yeah. We'll see how far that's going to get you. I like it even less soon. That doesn't make sense. Get rid of that. (laughs) Sounded sinister, though. (laughs) And just to give a quick spoiler warning, we will be mercilessly spoiling the hell out of the entire Terminator franchise, albeit we'll go light touch on the very recently released Terminator Dark Fate, in case anyone wants to watch it. So the Terminator... What is it? I'm having it that it's the first one is a horror film. Well, there are six, I believe. There are okay, six let's, let's movies. Let's you, you, you explain. No, you no, explain. no, you're no, no, you, 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 you're better at it than me. Well, there are six Terminator movies. Prick. <laughs> and I definitely think it's an action franchise. But I agree with you. I think the first Terminator is and was billed as and intended to be a horror movie. Mm. It's about a, an unstoppable antagonist, a, a stalker, in effect, pursuing a young woman. It, kind of a slasher movie. And not the kind of stalker you uh, turned out to be, huh? Hey! Yeah. Well, just a more effective one. Yeah. I just wasn't very good at it. I kept getting locked up, <laughs> you know. Um, I never mastered it. <laughs> then again, neither did the Terminator, because I think every single one they've sent back has failed. Well, let's explain the premise of what, yeah. the franchise. So, in the future, yep. this movie came out in 1984, yep. directed by James Cameron, and it references a future apocalypse that occurs in 1997, yep. which comes to be known as Judgment Day, when a human-created artificial intelligence called Skynet becomes sentient, having already gained control of the world's, or a significant portion of the the world's military and nuclear arsenal, decides it wants to rid the world of humanity, and rains down the bombs, turns the world into a desolate wasteland, blows everybody up. And you get this brilliant imagery in the sort Mm. of flashback, or are they... Flash forward. Flash forward. Well, we'll come to the time travel bit, because, oh my god, that does get a bit convoluted, that, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but at this stage, it's future dystopia. There are machines hunting down the last remnants of humanity. They're crunching skulls underfoot. They're firing guns. Yeah. It's a it's a grim future for was us. Was it all. the first one as well? When you see them like coming out of the water, or was that a later one? Oh, you, I'm sure you see. I've rewatched them all recently. But so, uh, you do get that shot into in, one. Yeah, they kind of blend into one. But you do get it, some great shots in the first one. Remind so. me almost of the beach landings. They're sort of coming out and facing. Yeah, the, yeah. It's quite. Yeah, the imagery is great. Oh, actually. and. The, and of course, you get the, I know I always say iconic on the show, pretty yeah. much every episode, but you get the iconic metal skull Terminator machine model is in, is introduced yeah. in, in that first film. Um, quick aside, yeah. but the original Terminator, 
Although James Cameron is adamant that he thought of it, it was his idea, he says he had a dream about a metallic torso carrying kitchen knives dragging itself away from an explosion. Wow. That's that brilliant, isn't it, that? Yeah. And you do see that image of, um, of a, a half Yeah, dead I'm not Terminator. sure if he was carrying a kitchen knife, but... You get these, like, sort of knackered husks of Terminator. Pretty much at the end of every film, that happens, yeah. It it crawls out of a fiery... You think it's dead, and lo and behold, no, it's not dead. It's fucked. But still... It's coming for you. Yeah, but it's still crawling. Because its sole purpose is to terminate terminate you. you. It absolutely will not stop, ever, until you are dead. Now, why are they trying to terminate uh, young Sarah Connor? That was a pretty good segue, that. Thank you. I feel like we're almost getting half-decent at this. Yeah. Although, maybe if I then point out the good segue, it sort of undermines it a little bit. That's a a shame. Now we need another segue. Can you think of one? I've got nothing. So, before we come to that, there is just one thing I wanted to okay. cover. Although James Cameron wrote it, created yeah. it, I believe he was strongly influenced by a 1967 short story called I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, which is a great title. That was written by Harlan Ellison. Now, Ellison went on to sue the production company because he also believed it was a bit of a rip-off of his idea, which features a a malignant AI, this time it was called AM, the Allied Master Computer, that wipes out humanity. And in his story, it preserves five people. Yeah, this is dark. And yeah. just to torture them for a laugh yeah. for eternity, keeping them alive just so yeah. it can torment them. It's, a, it's an absolute, it's a real bastard, that yeah. computer. And in... Um, the short story's okay. I've read it. It's a decent piece of fiction, award-winning at the time. I think it's probably the, the concept's better than the... The uh, actual story. Yeah. The story's very dated, yeah. I think. And the title. It's a great title. It is a good title, yeah. But in 1995, they released a video game version, like a point-and-click adventure of I Have No Mouth and I'm a Scream. And it features this opening speech by Anne. It's only like about 40 seconds long, where it tells you, the, the player how much it absolutely hates you and all the human race. And it's this really kind of unsettling kind of rant monologue. And I only found out recently that the voice actor for that is they brought Harlan Ellison (laughs) back in to to record his own hate speech. Hate. Let me tell you how much I've come to hate you since I began to live. There are three, eight, seven point... Four, four million miles of printed circuits in wafer-thin layers to fill my complex. If the word hate was engraved on each nanoangstrom of those hundreds of millions of miles, it would not equal one one billionth of the hate I feel for humans at this micro-instant. For you, hate, hate! That's interesting as well, because as you say, he did, take them to court it was settled out of court but interestingly he does actually get a writer's credit doesn't he, he on, does. on, the, on the first film yeah so just I'm, the first film i'm not sure uh, i he definitely i checked is is clearly yeah, you know you, based you on works it, yeah, of fiction yeah. created by Helen ellison and he got some money apparently out yeah. of court settlement i don't know if he pops up confusingly there's a guy called david ellison who's been a long-standing Sort of producer or involved in the uh, in the right. movie, he's nothing. To, he's not related to. Him. He's nothing to do with him. <laughs> That's a little bit confusing. Worth a play that game, actually. I'll cut in if I can find it a clip of that speech because it's just so so good. Maybe Del- David Ellison is 
his father who was sent back in time to... <laughs> oh, I don't know. Now, now that's a segue. Yeah, that's a segue isn't it? Yeah. So the reason that the movie, having shown us this dark future, then cuts back to present day, or 1984 yeah. when the movie came out, is because the bulk of the movie deals with the pursuit of Sarah Connor by a Terminator, a machine specifically dispatched to infiltrate by impersonating a human and assassinate specific targets. So you've got this poor downtrodden waitress who seems to be working hard. There's a scene early on where some young lad like drops a dollop of ice cream down a top or something. Little, little, little shit. shit. Yeah. yeah. Little shit it reminds me, have you seen that? I don't know if you've seen that advert on TV at the moment where mum and dad wake up and their kids like drawn on their face faces and nope. he's got like a meeting with the bank, but he can't go in to see the bank. Because he's got a fake But tash. luckily he can do it over the phone, which is got the point of the advert. But like, they're just acting like this little kid's like, oh, bless him. I'm sorry, but if my kid... Draw I, my face. I'd send a Terminator back. I'd to send a Terminator back <laughs> to destroy me. So that's <laughs> so you never had the kid, and then he couldn't draw on your um, face. Now, what's funny about these films is, again, as we've seen before with a lot of science fiction, although elements of it are very forward thinking, you know, the idea of an AI that can build its own machines mm. and send them back in time is really futuristic and yeah. original, creative, but. They couldn't envisage in the 80s a better way of tracking down Sarah Connor than looking up every Sarah Connor in the phone in book. The phone book, yeah. So you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger in... Well, for, shouldn't we tell them why they want to kill Sorry, Sarah yes, Connor. we should. They want, Skynet wants to terminate Sarah Connor because she will go on to give birth to John Connor, who will become the leader of the human resistance right. that is managing to stand its own against Skynet. So send the Terminator back to 1984 before the kid was born while his mother's just a, you know, defenceless waitress who... Can't st- can't defend herself or so they think. Yeah. Knock her off. John Connor never gets born. They, Skynet they doesn't have a... Happily ever after. Skynet lives <laughs> happily ever after. It's a happy <laughs> ending for everyone. And there's all sorts of ridiculous time travel plot holes mm. and inconsistencies. The, to be honest, it's bad enough even in the first But film. at least the first one keeps it simple. There is a little t- time travel twist that we'll get to, but at least it keeps it relatively simple. Yeah, the later Terminator ones. Terminator sent back to kill Sarah Connor so she doesn't give birth to John the leader Connor. of the Resistance. Boom. Now. The Resistance, however... Yeah. They managed to somehow hijack the time travel machine and send back their own soldier to try and stop, to try and foil this plan. Yeah, that so to is, protect Sarah to Connor. protect Sarah Connor. That is a bloke called Kyle Reese, yeah. who is one of John's top lieutenants or whatever yeah. in the future. Now, when we see both of these characters arriving in a kind of ball of blue electric light. Kyle Reese's arrival, it looks like he's been through the ringer, you know, time yeah, travel. It makes yeah. you puke, it makes you de- all over the place, he doesn't it, know what's going on. And he has to s- steal, steal or uh, buy? Pre- or I think he manages to reason with a tramp. Because he hasn't got any money on him, but yeah, basically he gets, gets a homeless tr- man to donate to, his trousers. Yeah, to he gets his trousers, which fit <laughs> him perfectly. Which is yeah. lucky. Oh, God. And then I think he's quickly apprehended or yes. ch- he's chased by the, yeah. by the cops. Meanwhile... Arnie, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger appears, and he is the Terminator. Because if you want to, you know, be inconspicuous and <laughs> blend you know, in, infiltrate 
the, the part asked him to terminate this woman, you, you would be Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> a massive, a massive gigantic muscle bodybuilder with a really weird accent. Yeah. And, you know, because he didn't have a great mastery of English. Although I think it kind of so it works. It's a happy accident, isn't it? Th- this this film completely propelled his career, made him famous. It, yeah. it birthed his iconic he, catchphrase. He'd been in a couple of things, but yeah, he'd been in. I think Conan, maybe Co- yeah, the first co- one. That's right. He'd been in something. Uh, Really shit film, Hercules in New York. I've got that. Yeah, I'll I'll take you to task on that. It's a great film. Oh, it's, no, it's great. No, it's, no, no, it's, no, it's no, terrible. But it's terrible. Yeah, I love it. He <laughs> fights a bear in Central Park in that film, Mate, and the bear is it's the the bear. Not only is the bear a bloke in a suit, but it doesn't even act like a bear. It stands on his back <laughs> legs, and they have a fist fight. Crazy. Oh, in fact, turn this off. Don't bother yeah. Terminator. Go and watch Hercules in New York. And um, doesn't in the first Conan film he just punches a camel? <laughs> it doesn't ring a bell. I haven't seen it. He just punches a camel, and it look. I think it's legit. I think it, perhaps before they properly uh, brought in any camel unions. Because in one of the sequels, I bet he had the hump. A, <laughs> hey, <laughs> in one of the sequels, a camel spits at him, and it's like a callback. And I think it might be like, oh yeah, hands up. He probably deserved that. Is it the same camel? Probably not. If it was, probably brain damage. If it was, I'm not. I mean, I was trying to make a little lighthearted joke that you know it's the same camel that's born a grudge. But speaking of lighthearted jokes, another segue. Yeah, nicely done. You get the first time a naked Schwarzenegger gets his clothes, which becomes a bit of a staple in the Terminator films. Oh, but this one is. This one's actually it's not brutal. That funny. So he he approaches three punks Punks, in a mohawk and a leather clad, And, and just as a a quick aside. Tell me if you agree with me on this. When Hollywood, certainly in this era yeah. in eighties, nineties, noughties, I think maybe even still yeah. now, they want to depict like a wrongman, yeah. like a young lad who's bad, a tear yeah. away, you know, misbehaving criminal. They always dress him up in like goth punk yeah. clothes, like alternative gear. Yeah. Well, in my experience of life. Punk goth alternative crowd are always the really nice, yeah. mild mannered, quite totally. nerdy ones like me, and it's all the kind of popular, yeah, the, the townies, townies yeah, yeah, who are like who are horrible and will pick I, on I you. I remember going to a club in where I grew up in. It's like a rock club, and coming out, and then it was like this. The taxi line was like half of it was the people who went to like the uh, sort of dance pop club the mainstream kind yeah. of club and the other half were the people coming out of this rock club and god they were arseholes to us there was yeah. this, I remember this guy in the queue once he was like I fucking hate Grebos. I what? fucking hate them just, and like he looked like he was gonna snap, like he really wanted to not, beat up somebody. Not surprised was, though. And yet, and yet, the punks and goths in these films are, always, are depicted as the bad guys, I know. The, the, the baddies. So, if anyone from Hollywood is listening, yeah, big Hollywood, Hollywood. Screen, right? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna implore them to change their ways, but yeah, no, fuck you, dickhead, yeah. Grebo. Yeah. Know, what does that mean? Uh, Grebo is like the sort of goth. Alt, uh, alt, alt, yeah, people. Alt, alt people. Yeah. Well, all you alt people out there, you're all right by me. Yeah, because you are me. Yeah, that's what we identify yeah. as. So. so anyway, they're they're three like punks, aren't yeah, they? Scumbags. And yeah, scumbags. And they're like, hey, asshole, why don't yeah. you put some clothes on, you jerk? And then Schwarzenegger's giving it the, I need your clothes. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't say your boots and your motorcycle. Does no, it? that's just the like, second one. Give yeah. me your pants. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I think he pulls his heart out. I'm pretty sure he just. 
reaches in and just whips the guy's heart <laughs> out. It's really disgusting. See, I watched that recently, but I don't remember. I remember the scene, but I don't remember him pulling his heart. I feel like I would have Might be getting mixed that, up with Kano off Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that is a Kano thing. But the guy Maybe who, does, though. One of the guys who dies is Bill Paxton, who I think has passed away, actually, which is a shame. And he is the only actor to have the honour of being killed on screen by a Terminator, a Xenomorph, and a Predator. Wow. That's a pretty impressive that's, that's achievement. A, yeah. Impressive resume. Good, good, good CV. And is it his clothes? Yeah, That's I reckon. Right, yeah. Let's assume it. He's like the main one in it. Yeah, I, I mean, he's not a massive bodybuilding Mister Universe, so God so knows how they, they fit. fit. But, Perfectly, yeah. but somehow they do. That's so, actually the cool thing as well. I like the way Arnie looks in this film, oh, for, at least brilliant. for the first part of it. Yeah, because I think we've grown used to him wearing like the the motorcycle, the motorbike yeah. gang stuff. But in this one, I think he looks better. Yeah, he's got his old school hair yeah. as well. And and again, you were saying earlier, kind of happy accident, really that. Arnie is infamously robotic in his acting, yeah. although I honestly reckon he's underrated, underrated yeah. actor. His accent, by being, you know, Austrian, Austrian yeah. has this kind of robotic quality to yeah. it because it's early in his career, so he's not able to, his mastery of English is pretty poor, he doesn't have many lines in the film. And he manages to portray this this robotic movement yeah. really believably. So he just comes across as this like unstoppable killing machine yeah. from the future. He, he is perfectly cast. And, per- absolutely. Yeah. Although apparently, while this was being made, because it was a pretty low budget film, a lot of people involved were pretty skeptical about the project. Yeah. Um, he, Michael Bain apparently wasn't really convi- had to be convinced to take the part. And Arnie, in an interview. This is a, a thing I've read online, whether right. it's true or not. He was asked, oh, what are you working on at the moment, Mr. Schwarzenegger, sir? And he said, oh, it's some shit movie, <laughs> but it'll be done in two weeks. <laughs> like his most famous ever film. Yeah. Brilliant. Christ. So we won't go into micro detail. The, the rest of the film essentially is... And, and basically, it's worth pointing out, this is essentially what happens in every single one of these films. <laughs> yeah, so right. We don't really have to go into much detail after this. Apart from Salvation, yes, which is this kind of sore thumb yeah. of, the, of the group, but we'll come to, we'll come to that. There's some interesting, there's some yeah. weird stuff around Salvation. So, you're a nice guy. <laughs> but that don't cut it when you're... <laughs> anyway, yeah, watch this space. So the rest of the movie charts Schwarzenegger, the T-800 model T-101 Terminator... Cyberdyne Systems model yeah. 101. He's trying to hunt down every Sarah Connor in the in area the book, yeah. in the phone book. Manages to finally stumble upon the right one, which is Linda Hamilton, who does yeah. a great job in brilliant, these movies. Yeah. She's absolutely brilliant because in this one she's very vulnerable. Yes, and she nails it as like vulnerable young woman who's but is forced to toughen up by the yeah. situation that she's in. Totally. And Kyle Reese is obviously doing his best to protect her. There's a brilliant scene where she ends up with the police in the police station. Lance Henriksen's there. Yeah, there's yeah. a copper surround crawling with police officers. At this point, they've established that there's a deranged killer who's murdering everyone Every called Sarah, Sarah Connor. Connor. Schwarzenegger rocks up and he gives it the... I think he goes to the front desk, yeah. asks a question. They won't speak to him, so he says, I'll be, be back. back. And there we go. And then he does come back, drives, drives. a truck through the front yeah. of the building, and then just, just massacres, massacres everyone in the police station. Yeah. Pull the game out, all the emergency artillery, the massive guns. He just doesn't just care. Bullets are just bouncing off him. Just, it's brilliant. Yeah. Because she's been through this 
she's been told all the the, the future and what's going to happen, and now she's going to become this resist this important figure in the resistance by Kyle Reese. Now she's been told that Reese is a crazy crackpot, yeah. you know, lunatic who's not to be trusted, and now she's seen all these police that she thought would be able to protect her being helplessly it's, slaughtered. It's that thing is seeing is believing, basically. Yeah, it's done very well because Brilliant. you would if somebody did come back and tell you, you would think they were nuts. Correct. But then you also can see that you need protecting because somebody's killing Sarah Connors. Correct. And then you see this... It's seemingly invincible so colossus. You, so you know something's up. Basically. Yeah. It's, it is well done. Yeah. Brilliant. So, and, and actually, just to bring it back to a couple of episodes ago, in the Halloween episode, you were talking about Michael Myers and how you felt like there was some influences there. Definitely. I think that probably done a lot better than Halloween, but that idea of an unstoppable stalker... It makes more sense here. Correct. In in Halloween, we're asked to accept that this big bloke is just immune to bullets for some reason that isn't really explained. Whereas here, it's another big, lumbering, slow-moving, but incessant, persistent pursuer... But this time, it's a metal robot from the future, so it kind of seems more believable, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah, no, I I get you. Now, during their exploits of desperately trying to stay away from this terrifying behemoth, Kyle Reese and Sarah, they kind of hit it off, don't they? Mm. Do you want me to? I mean, mean, you don't need to give us, like, the details of what they get up to, but you know what I mean. Well, uh, (laughs) first of all... no. Where do babies um, come from? Yeah. Don't get it. Um, they make love. And the it's revealed at some point, I can't remember when, that that act is what... He's John Connor's dad. Yeah, if they hadn't sent him back, then John Connor would have never been born. So it's that whole weird time loop thing, yeah, which doesn't... is which is when we start getting into the sort of, this is bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but who cares because it's an excuse to have a robot monster trashing the place yeah. while someone tries to escape and it's good fun in it but it's still I still think that's as simple as the Terminator franchise gets isn't it yeah everything after that it, starts, it starts to, to get a little bit iffy and yeah so they're on the run from, from Arnie they stay in some motel I think that's when the uh, act happens and he also at some point checks into like a grotty bedsit to perform sort of like oh, running Arnie, Arnie, yeah. Is, yeah, and he's like that's quite a very famous scene, isn't pulling it? bits of his eyeball yeah. out and stitching up the back of his head. And yeah, because they, they've had a, he's obviously had the run in at the uh, police station. He's been and shot up. He's been shot all up. The, all the flesh that's on the outside of his metal endoskeleton is all just it's, full of bullets. And, to, yeah. and it looks rotten. I think they've, they've sort of the makeup they've used to make him look all sweaty and pale. He's yeah. brilliant. He looks like a almost like a court, like he's a bit like he's gone off at yeah. that point. It's brilliant. Well, climax of the movie. Yeah, Kyle Reese sacrifices himself in service of Sarah Connor. Yeah. He dies. By this point, they've blown up a truck that the Terminator's driving and melted all its flesh off. And this is where we get that bit of. He really is this unstoppable behemoth, as you said, yeah, this unstoppable comes. machine because he's just crawling and drags himself uh, out of the inferno he's just a metal skeleton at he's this got point. a job to do and he's gonna do it and you think christ how are we gonna destroy this thing and she ends up having to crawl away from him as he's pursuing her through they're in a, like some sort of factory aren't they yeah and like industrial and, yeah. premises yeah and just as it's reaching for it you know claw her face off 
she manages to turn on the the press. The press, and yeah. Co- compacts him down and crushes him and finally kills him. And, and his arm drops off. Yes, yeah, left jutting out. Which uh, maybe accidentally sort of plays into the sequel quite nicely, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, whether they intended it or yeah, not, don't yeah. know. But it does lead us neatly onto the massively successful blockbuster movie Terminator 2 Judgment Day also directed by James Cameron came out in 1991 and that's interesting because what I didn't realise watching these films back is the gap between all of the sequels is surprisingly high I think there's something apologies I don't know the the mega detail of this but the original concept was sold by Cameron to a producer for a quid or a a dollar I'd buy that for a dollar and so there's every film has been sort of shrouded in these like murky who owns the rights there's been loads of people claiming they've got the intellectual property so a lot of the subsequent sequels in particular have been really kind of mired in a bit of a a bog of legal shit but T2 if if the the Terminator was sort of leaning more towards the horror the science fiction side of things T2 feels very much like an action blockbuster but normally I would that's not necessarily something you would think is a good thing like oh they've just made it an action blockbuster film but it works it's it's lost its essence but in the case of Terminator 2, it's such a good film. And there are still some pretty horrific moments in it. But it really does work as an action blockbuster. Yes. It's not actually that dissimilar to the first one. I mean, there are some massive differences. But in terms of the way it plays out, as I say, most of these films are kind of the same. Yeah, you've still got a Terminator yeah. that is pursuing someone. In this case, it's now John Connor himself yeah, as, as a, a 10-year-old, 10-year-old boy. boy even played. Looks older, yeah, and behaves and behaves, yeah. Robin Banks and yeah, flipping off his foster parents. She's not my mother, Todd. He's He's brilliant in it, actually. Really brilliant, yeah. Um, so he's now the the uh, John Connor, John Connor himself is being pursued by a Terminator. This time, it's not Schwarzenegger T one hundred and one. It's a T one thousand, which I still to this day think is. I mean, all right, maybe Arnie the most iconic, as we say. Terminator, but I just think, in terms of what this Terminator can do, I I think the T one thousand is the best one. Robert Patrick Brilliant. does it. Brilliant. Br- I yeah. remember seeing. I think I read. Oh, I saw an interview with him where he was saying, "You don't have to convince everyone that you're the baddest guy in the room. You just have to know that you're the baddest guy in the room, right. and then act." And I think that comes across perfectly because he's physically. No, compared to Schwarzenegger, yeah, he's not. A, he's, he's just a slim bloke, or he, he looks that way on camera. But he comes across. He's got this real menacing purpose, coldness, about really. Him, he? Yeah, and it, and it seems like Skynet has become more cunning. Yeah, because rather than a stands out by a mile kind of blunt instrument, Schwarzenegger, yes. you've got this more sleek. It seems to have a bit more guile and a bit yeah. more trickery about well, it. Interestingly, because of the the sort of characteristics of this uh, model, it can take the form of anything it touches. Yeah, liquid, and, liquid metal. Liquid metal yeah. And for the so for the most part, there are a few different incarnations of it, but for the most part, he plays basically a cop, which again ties into yeah. that kind of thing because you're when the cop starts asking you, oh, have you seen this boy? You will give that information. Correct. It's really insidious, isn't yeah. it? The idea of impersonating a policeman to gain access yeah. to your victim. That is a horrible thing yeah, to do. Yeah, it really so is. It definitely comes across as a more, dare I say, a more intelligent Terminator. Yeah. 
So again, they, the Resistance sends something back, I say something, to protect John Connor. Before, in the first film, it was Kyle Reese. Now it's... <laughs> I'm not sure how much influence Schwarzenegger had on this decision to rebrand this machine as now the good guy and give By it By now, he is a, a big star, isn't he? Yeah, he's a well established yeah. action hero and he wants to play heroes. He doesn't want to play villains anymore. That's his brand. Um, so, whether he was responsible for this or whether Cameron. Pass. I mean, it, it, it works. It, it it works, and it makes sense to. It, otherwise, it literally would have just been the same. Yeah, it ups the stakes. Instead does, of yeah. Terminator versus Young Man, you've got, in effect, obsolete Terminator yeah. versus this new souped-up, horrible yeah. liquid metal version. So brilliant setup, and we get that first encounter at the shopping mall yeah. where the tearaway young lad John is there with his mate. And both Terminators rock up at the same time yeah. to want to, to save him and want to get him. Also, again, Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor makes a return. Only in this film, she's actually incarcerated at a kind of a psychiatric unit. Yeah, she's been... So she spent the t- first 10 years of John's life raising him to be this future military leader and telling yeah. him how important he is. Imagine the impact on the poor young lad when he's suddenly told, oh... I think he even says, doesn't he? Oh, didn't you know your mum's a psycho? Yeah. So she's take, he's taken from her. She's her, having it that Judgment Day is coming in 1997 yeah. still. Yeah, people think she's a lunatic, yeah. illusional. And, and she's, she's given treatment. She's very militant and she's, you know, training John up and filling his head with all these ideas. So, yeah, she's incarcerated. At yeah, the he's left with his with film. foster Some parents. great scenes, actually, in the... Uh, Oh yeah, in the in the, the hospital, the, yeah. she's got that really slimy psychiatrist called Dr. Silverman, <laughs> and, and she's like, "Hey, Dr. Silverman, how's the knee?" Yeah, and then you have she, to explain she stabbed him with a yeah. pencil in the kneecap or something. And you get that famous clip of her where she's kind of calm, and then she starts getting really animated about, yeah. "Don't you see? Yeah, everyone's gonna die. Everyone's fucking dead." And yeah. yeah. It's great, yeah, really good. Brilliant performance again, and she's yeah. got herself in incredible physical shape. She's completely transformed she has, as really a character has. as yeah. well. She's no longer this sort of downtrodden waitress struggling to defend herself. Now she's a capable, strong warrior. Yeah. But unfortunately, no one believes her, so they've no. stuck her in the in the clink. So T one thousand is pursuing Arnie and John, who yeah. are on the run. John is well happy because he's got his own pet Terminator. Yeah. And there's that great bit. We talked earlier about how, although this is an action film, it's still got some really good yeah. horror moments. And yeah. again, I would have been, what, nine when this came out. So I remember the, sort of watching it and I knew I was a bit young and I was kind of yeah. peering through between my fingers knowing that, oh, this bit's horrible, this bit's horrible because I had some, I don't know, mates at a sleepover yeah. who'd already seen it. And one of those bits is when John wants to contact his foster parents. Yes, this is my favourite scene in the film. It's brilliant. So you've got John's foster mum chopping up some vegetables and his foster dad, who's a bit of a dick. Todd. Yeah, yeah, Todd. He's just sort of bumbling around in the background, drinking a carton of milk, swearing. And saying, tell that dog to shut up. Yeah. The dog's barking. Ooh, why? Why Why is the dog so agitated? And Schwarzenegger gets on the phone, but impersonates John's voice because it's already been established that Terminators can do a belting impression. Yeah. Um, oh, it's second career if they ever need one as an impressionist. Because clearly he suspects that the other Terminator would have gone straight there, which obviously obvious place yeah. to go to. Time yeah. it would definitely try to reacquire you there. So he asks, puts his hand over the receiver and asks John, "What's the dog's name?" 
John says, it's Max. Schwarzenegger says, what's wrong with Wolfie? Yeah. And the foster mum says, Wolfie's fine, honey. Nothing's wrong. Wolfie's just fine. Immediately, Schwarzenegger hangs up. Your foster parents are dead. Real sort of tactless delivery. Cut back to the foster parents. Because she, it, was clearly getting fed up of the chuddering of the foster dad... We see that the T one thousand who is taking the you know imitating the foster mum has extended her arm out into a massive long blade, skewered the milk carton right through his mouth and stabbed him into the wall. Yeah, it's grim in it. Brutal, yeah, Yeah. really is. Whips it out and they all plop down to the floor. Yeah, and then and the effects, you know, yes, they're dated because we're we're going Mm. back almost thirty years, but. They work brilliantly, the CGI uh, in this I, film. It's because it's, I don't think it's overused like it perhaps is sometimes today. Yeah. And it, you, you know, it, it's kind of used when it needs to be used. And, yeah. And like you said, and obviously this was a big budget film, so they were using the best of the best. But yeah, it's still, I think it still holds up. It's the, I agree with you completely. It's the, and I know, I think we've been on this kind of ramp before, but it's this the difference between... If you use technology and CGI when necessary, because without it you couldn't film something, Mm. absolutely fine, fill your boots. If you're using it for the sake of it, because you've got a budget and the CGI company's desperate to show off its latest bloody software, you end up with this overexposure. And I just don't think it looks as good as people... Some people no, seem to think it does. Totally. So an example that springs to mind is um, The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing, which yeah. I'm sure merits a future episode because it's a classic. He was cobbling together animatronic monster yeah, from yeah. bits of old bubble gum and wires and old plastic and rubber. And it looks great because you can tell it's physically, tangibly yes, there. Yeah. Watch the prequel movie from, I don't know, about eight years ago, The Thing. And it's just a CGI fest. And you see that creature so many times that by the end, it's not a remotely scary. Mm. It just, it's just boring. Yeah. So I wish they would moderate the use of CGI in a lot yeah. of movies, no, particularly I, horror movies. I, I do agree. I do agree. But the T-1000 looks good. The liquid metal stuff yeah. is not overdone. He spends a lot of the film just in the guise of that mild-mannered policeman. Yeah. But when he needs to, he can whip out a big, yeah, a blade, yeah. scary knife. Which he does in the... Because the next step is for John Connor and the Terminator, the old Terminator, sorry, to um, go and rescue Sarah Connor from the um, hospital. And the T-1000 also goes there, suspecting that that's where they'll go next. Brilliant. And there's another great scene where he just extends a finger into this like needle through a security guard's eye. Oh, and, the, and, he, it, and it, mim- it mimics him first, yeah. doesn't it? So he... It, it first it mimics the floor. Yeah, he walks on it to go to the vending machine. It's then, then able to mimic him, so it sort of squelches upwards and forms into a, a you know a doppelganger of this yeah. poor sort of copper. He turns round, is completely baffled and staggered to see a clone of himself looking at each other, and then and then it pops him through the head with this yeah. needle in the eye, and you see him kind of juddering and quivering yeah, on the end right, of the. Yeah. Oh, that was horrible that bit. Now. Interesting little fact is that you know they filmed that scene is that got to be CGI right? Well, so, let me tell you. Turns out that cop, the actor who plays him, mirrors. It, it's um, it is, the twins. Hey. They were just actors who were twins and were regularly used for this sort of stunt. So in Gremlins Two, 
they play, there's like a joke where there's like a scientist who says he's working on cloning and then the same guy pops up and he's like, oh, hello, so am I. And it's these two twin actors. Yeah, yeah. It's not a special effect at all. <laughs> That's really cool. That's a nice touch. Yeah, that's a nice touch. But they didn't have blades for fingers. That, that, no. bit, that bit was a special no. effect, I think. This is where I think it gets quite interesting as well because John Connor and, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator kind of rescue Sarah Connor. But there's that brilliant moment where she sees Arnie and it's kind of like in slow motion almost. Yeah. She turns and falls down. And in horror, like, absolute I mean, terror. Because last time she saw this thing, it was trying to kill her. Yeah. Uh, but now it's on her side. And there's there's always that kind of unresolved tension between them, isn't there? Because she doesn't quite trust it because she knows it's a machine. Correct. But John almost starts to see it as the kind of father figure and... So there's a bit where they manage to escape, obviously, because yeah. otherwise it, the film would end <laughs> quite abruptly if they died. And they, I think they go to Mexico yeah. for a bit just to hide out or whatever, lay low. And she's watching John sort of playing and interacting with the machine. And she does this great monologue where she's sort of, on one hand, she despises it because it's a cold piece of machinery. But on the other hand, it's never going to come home drunk. Yeah. It's never going to let John down. It's never going to hit him. So in some ways, maybe it's the perfect father figure yeah. for this boy who's never had a never had a dad. Yeah. So she's herself is in this real mixed state yeah, of it's, turmoil. Uh, it's, it's well done, very well done. She decides to independently yeah, from the group do one basically on her own while they're all asleep or whatever to go and kill the creator, the future creator of Skynet. Which Who's is, actually a really nice bloke. Yeah, <laughs> and another great decision, I think, because it would have been so easy to make him yeah. a, a baddie. A baddie. Yeah, sorry, you should be That's saying right. that. But let's redo it. It would have been so easy to make him a baddie. I agree with you, <laughs> But they instead make him this lovable like, family yeah, man, with like, family a wife man. and a kid, yeah. little Danny. And funnily enough, again, this ties into the first film, probably accidentally, but the reason Skynet actually comes into being is because they find... Arnie's old Terminator hand, then the technology in that kind of becomes the basis of yeah. So it would become Skynet. They, they've they basically covered up the incident and secretly used the recovered arm and the chip from the first Terminator to in, advance to their start, own tech. Yeah. Ironically, which is, which is bringing quite, about uh, Skynet's existence exactly. again. It's another kind of impossible time yeah, loop. But paradox. it's still not quite at that point where. We're rolling our eyes and thinking yeah, this is bollocks. It's it's okay, and like I said, it probably a happy accident, but it does tie in quite nicely yeah. to the to the end of the first one. Now they interestingly they actually successfully do manage yeah. to destroy the factory, um, and this is where we get John is very insistent that Arnie the T one hundred and one doesn't kill anyone, so Schwarzenegger is having to incapacitate the guards, yeah. knock them unconscious, yeah. or the, shoot a load of them in the leg which yeah. is not great but yeah. okay um, although sadly Miles Dyson maybe sadly he does, he does die, die in the yeah. blast yeah. Uh, in effect sacrifices himself yeah. to, to put nice, a stop nice guy because he's so horrified by this machine that and he... it's like you said though that, um, it could have been just some horrible you know villainous Money slime grabbing. ball yeah but um, you know it, for me it makes sense that if you did find this technology you just human nature, isn't it? You would try to advance, get as much out of it as you could. Correct. Just yeah. He's not a he's not a bad person. No. But he dug unwittingly. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's funny how the whole series is actually you could interpret it as an anti technology fable, like, oh don't mess with technology, yeah. like what's gonna happen. But I think it's more agnostic than that, because we see from Terminator Two onwards, basically, 
machines that display human qualities yeah. and heroism yeah. throughout. So it, I think the message perhaps more is... Basically, I should stop swearing at Alexa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the moral message. Of yeah. If you, stuck, if you keep swearing at Alexa, then you're going to be the first one to go. Yeah. When no, I am, I am actually quite wary about that because... It'll be getting stored somewhere. It's getting stored somewhere. Yeah. I like on my record to be like, he was always polite. Spare him. <laughs> they stop Skynet. Oh, we th- they think they yeah. have. They don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. There's no payoff. It's like, oh, well, we've blown up a factory when I yeah. wanted criminals, but we think we've just saved the world? Don't know. But of course, it hasn't stopped old... Uh... Bob. Bobby Bollocks from <laughs> Bobby Bobby Patrick. <laughs> so from, he, from coming back and uh, yeah, he picks rel- up, relentlessly pursuing them. He picks up the scent and he yeah. tri- chases them. That it, it does go a bit overboard with the bad guy in cool vehicle, good guys in underdog vehicle. Yeah, they're driving they, some like I don't know, <laughs> jack on wheels. Yeah, yeah, and then he's in a then he's in a tanker, yeah. and they're in like this crappy little like I don't know. Mobile vet or something. <laughs> I can't remember what he is. Um, yeah, Nick a better car. Yeah. But the, this is the vehicle's top speed. So the culmination of this movie occurs in yet another industrial facility. Somewhat coincidentally, they, they all have them. Don't they? they all have them. <laughs> pretty much the only place you, you could kill, kill a team one thousand. So we get that bit where the liquid nitrogen in the tanker is exploding everywhere and the T-1000 freezes. And you get that brilliant bit where its limbs are yeah, sticking to the floor and snapping off. It looks in sort of confusion at its own snapped off arm. And then Schwarzenegger shoots it into a million pieces and gives his one of his famous lines with, Hasta la vista, yeah, baby. Because John's taught him to say it. Because apparently it'll make him more human. I don't think I've ever met anyone no. who says that, but anyway. But of course, even that isn't enough to stop a T-1000 because as the heat from the... It's like a smelting yeah. works. I'm gonna, I like saying that word. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah, it again. Like it's that. a smelting works. Starts to melt all the smelt, <laughs> all the metal, and he and pulls he back reforms, together. Yeah. yeah. So Boom. the only way they can kill him is to basically bung him in some, <laughs> lob him in some lava. Yeah, because <laughs> they keep some lava. Essentially, in. the same way they destroyed the One Ring. <laughs> it's like they ripped it off and lot of the rings. Yeah. So you get this brilliant bit where the T one thousand impersonates Sarah. Yes, that's and good. John has to figure. Oh, which one is my? Real Although mom? they revisit that in a lot of the later films, don't yeah. they? Yeah couple of them they to do. go to the well one yeah. too many times I don't but, know they do in Genesis and then there's a brilliant Terminator on Terminator fight between Arnie and T-1000 they're slamming each other into the walls it looks great but ultimately the obsolete T-101 Arnie is is defeated um, crushed in, in some bit of machinery and the T-1000 advances on them to kill them Arnie manages to get out fire one last grenade round right into its liquid belly yeah it blows up into this disc- really horrible yeah sort of squirming yeah. blob of half human parts little bit thing like actually yeah. oh it's awful and then it plop in a good way and then it drops into the into the molten yeah. metal and melts which is the only way to kill it and, and it, then it does that thing where it re it, it, in it, its, oh that's a good yeah. bit yeah it you sort of see little glimpses of everything it's kind of um impersonated yeah like the foster mom the foster and the policeman, man, yeah. and it, it's like it's in its death throes. It yeah. can't control its own capabilities, but then it eventually melts away yeah. and dies. Yeah, so that's a cool bit. And then 
you get quite a sad moment where Arnie basically sacrifices himself. He lowers himself into the hot lava and uh, That's yeah, it. kills himself because, you know, can't leave any trace behind. Yeah, he, he sacrifices himself to prevent Skynet yeah. from coming into existence, which is a, a, a noble act a noble by act, that machine. Yeah. So that's kind of the end for me of the good Terminators. I think everything after is a little bit suspect, beginning yeah. with Terminator 3, which again was like seven or eight. It was even longer, actually. It was about nine, 11 years later. Yeah, I think it came out. I think it's in, 11 years later, that one. It came out in, yeah, it's 2003. It so came out, 11, directed it, by Jonathan Mosto, Terminator 3, The Rise of the Machines. So 11 years later and... You know, instantly you're in sort of... It's almost a parody of itself. Uh, Arnie comes back. All the same kind of spots are in there. Arnie getting the clothes only... Instead of getting them from like... A biker joint. It's like a strip strip club. club He gets the kind of silly glasses instead of cool sunglasses. It's just... And I'm fine with having a bit of, you know, comedy in it. But it felt kind of more organic. T2's got some funny moments in, hasn't it? But but it it was kind of... Relevant. So in T2, which I agree, by the way, I think Terminator 2, fantastic sequel, pair of, almost a perfect film to me. It used to be my favourite film, Terminator uh, 2. Me too, yeah, when I was for years. a young lad. Yeah. I think it's often heralded as an exam- one of the few examples of a sequel that's better yeah. than the original. I, I agree, yeah. but I also think the original is great. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a shame that all the sequels have been such a drop in quality. I, I think if you look at it, I know you hate this term, but after Terminator 2... From two or three onwards, it it has become a franchise. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, to the point where I think there was even like a Terminator ride at Universal Studios, that kind of yeah. thing. But there's video games. Yeah. Some of them are half decent actually. But yeah. it's it, it's I'm not so much against the fact that there's spin-offs. Mm. It's just a shame that they couldn't. Did they really need to make four subsequent movies? No. Especially not one... Well, let's try and explain why they why they don't work. Terminator 3, very quickly, is it's John Connor. He is now a grown man. Yeah. He has lost all of his sense of purpose because the apocalypse never came. So, in effect, that means he was successful and they yeah. successfully prevented the rise of Skynet. Or does it mean it was all bollocks and he's a bit messed up as a result? Sarah Connor, his mother, has died in yeah. this movie of leukemia, I think it is. So he's alone in his you know early 20s. He's a drug addict, just a, a loser, basically. A complete far cry from the hero that he's kind of touted as, as going on to be. But played by Nick Stahl, who also played the Yellow Bastard in ah, Sin City. Yeah, yeah. He was good at that. I did a good job. Yeah. And I kind of don't mind the idea that John Connor's got no, no purpose no. because Skynet's not a thing. But... Be- yeah, because it was a pretty fucked up childhood. Yeah, so, correct. You would, you caught, know, it would yeah, have some impact on you. Yeah. I think the problem with this film comes not so much with that setup. It comes when we get the Terminator. Yeah, where they've the gone Terminatrix. From, oh god, it's just. I mean, it's really sexist and yeah. dated. But you've got this really overly sexualized female Terminator, played by Christana Loken. Who does a good job, you know, yeah. not her fault. Yeah, it's fine, isn't it? Yeah. The problem is they've got to do things like using her liquid metal powers to inflate her boobs yeah. to distract a policeman, or she can identify people by tasting their blood. Oh, yeah. But for some reason, she has to sort of lick it in a really, really sexy way. Yeah. It just, it's painful, you know? Yeah. 
And, and also, I just don't think she's as... It doesn't come across to me as being as dangerous as the T-1000. Yeah, she's not... I mean, she's not a patch on Robert Patrick, because yeah. I agree with you, he's the best thing. I think he surpasses Schwarzenegger's level of menace in the yeah. first movie. And then on the side of good, so defending John, we have good old Arnie again, yet yeah. another reprogrammed yeah. T-800. Which, which now, you know, with, it is real... Bollocks it's like, oh, tree, so they got it? two of them, yeah. and oh, it's getting a bit confusing. And then they, they chuck in this extra bit, which I don't necessarily mind, where it turns out that in the future, so Skynet hasn't been prevented, but merely delayed. delayed yeah. Judgment Day will therefore happen at a later date. John will still somehow go on to lead the resistance, which in itself sounds a bit implausible. Like, why does it have to be this one bloke? Yeah. He'll, he'll be getting on a bit by then. Um, apparently he is killed in the future by a model T-800, T-101 Terminator, yeah. which is why they've got two of them and sent another one. It's just getting, yeah. starting to get a bit daft. But you wouldn't mind if that was all the backdrop or the excuse for a load of fun action scenes that were really cool, but they're just a bit it's phoned a, in. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I'd, yeah, I mean, I remember when it came out, it was... I think another problem, actually, when it came out, it was a 12A. and oh, the, really? first, the first Terminator, I think, was an 18. Now, we're not saying every film, it doesn't have to be an 18 to be, you know, good. It doesn't have to be really violent or really sexy or lots of drugs and all that stuff. But it helped. <laughs> it was like a race for who was going to say but, that's um, very good. <laughs> <laughs> but when basically they they kind of as I say it became a franchise they kind of they tried to make it all what can how can we make it appeal to as many yeah, people how can as we, possible how can we make more money exactly. I know let's make it a little bit softer well, so, so like, that we can get more kids in to watch it and, and it just, so it really loses its edge doesn't it totally it, totally it's just not it, the whole film feels like brightly lit yeah like it, it feels like it all happens in the daytime and it's just this kind of jolly jaunt you don't really feel any sense of true peril yeah it just yeah. It doesn't work like... Now, what, what I will say is, I came out of that movie at the time, I would have been, I don't know, 19 or whatever, that saying, that was garbage, I'm really angry, I'm so disappointed. When I rewatched it, obviously, as research for this episode, I kind of didn't mind it, mm. but I think it's to do with your expectation levels. Yeah, isn't it, you know? yeah. But, I think um, when it came out, you know, it had been missing for a long time. The term, you know, it had been gone for a long time yeah. and people were excited for it. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, though, I even remember then thinking it was probably going to be a bit shit, but I did get kind of caught up in the hype. So I think my expectation levels were quite low, and I was just nonplussed by it. Yeah. I wasn't like angry, oh, that was the worst film ever. I was just nonplussed yeah, by it. No. And I think I am to this day. Agreed. And then we, we move on yeah. to another gap again, six years this time to 2009, Terminator Salvation, directed by McGee. Oh. So apparently Joseph McGinty Nickel is called is known in the trade as McGee. Fair enough. That's his that's his name. So if you yeah. Like the most interesting thing that <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, you've got Christian Bale playing John Connor. Ah. In, in effect it's a prequel, so it's yeah. set well, well yeah. a se- it's in the future, which is the past from the perspective it's about yeah. when John Connor meets Kyle Reese for the first time yeah. and sends him back. I like that we finally get to see this capable military leader, John yeah. Connor. And I've always liked Christian Bale. I think yeah. he's a good actor. Albeit, he did... Um, he had a bit of a meltdown, well, didn't he? To be honest, the most memorable thing about this film for me is Bale's meltdown. 
he this was a time when yeah he he had this massive meltdown about somebody on set i think it was a lighting guy or someone sort of walking in his shot oh and he just tears strips off him for about five minutes again fired and about the same time there were stories of him like Having like very public spats with like his mum and yeah. like his sister, so maybe. Bit, he, he come, honestly, he comes across if you have a, if you do fan find it, still doing the rounds on the internet. Bale's infamous rant, people would obviously it was like a meme at the time, yeah, viral, yeah. and it just makes him sound horrible, real, dick. and like he's just Patrick Bateman from American yeah. Psycho in real life. <laughs> just not. He sounds crazy, like a crazy man. Yeah. There's actually a really funny, like, someone did, like, a dance re- remix of it. This guy called uh, Revolution. Lucian, like, a, yeah. you know, like, Lucian, L-U-C-I-N, Revolution. I'll see if I can find it. I might pop it on as the yeah. outro. A bit foul-mouthed, if, just to give you a, a pre-warning when you get to that bit. But, 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 hey, blame Christian Bale. Don't blame us. Honestly, whenever I think of Terminator Salvation, I think of that. That's kind of... So maybe it is a better film than I'm giving it credit for, but I can't get past that. I There's a daft plot where there's like yeah. a Terminator that doesn't know that it's a Terminator, so it mm. therefore is the ultimate infiltration device. The only other thing I remember from Terminator Salvation is that they, they couldn't get Schwarzenegger at the time because he was too busy being a politician. This yeah. is when he was the governor of California or whatever he did. So they used his likeness... On a pretty at the time, it's ten yeah. years old. In, impressive CGI T eight hundred that Christian Bale has to battle, and it was old school Arnie. So he's back to his yeah. muscle bound peak. He's got his old fashioned haircut, and he looks great. You don't. He doesn't last long until he gets his face blown off. So they don't have to. You don't want to sort of see behind the curtain. If that's the right yeah, phrase. Yeah. But I did at the time in the cinema like, stand up and cheer that bit. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bit embarrassing. I suppose the one thing I will say about Salvation as well is that at least they did something different yeah, with it. Totally. It, it wasn't that bad a film. Do you want to talk about what happens in it? Ah, just it, very briefly, Bale, sorry, John Connor meets Kyle Reese. They become friends. Kyle Reese joins the resistance. Skynet attempts to thwart the human resistance using this new type of unwitting Terminator, which is played by Sam Worthington, who plays Marcus Wright, who does a decent job. Yeah, He's a pretty yeah, likeable yeah. guy. But, it, you know, that yes, it fails as a plot and human resistance continues. I think they were planning to do more sequels, but as has become a trend with Terminator yeah. movies, it didn't do very well at the box office. And therefore, the subsequent plan sequels were axed. And we didn't see another Terminator until 2015's Terminator Genesis. Which is a real turd. So, yeah, let's not be around the bush. Directed by Alan Taylor. Um, Amelia Clark is yeah. in it as Sarah Connor. GMT, yeah. Ooh, she, yeah, Game of Thrones, Daenerys. I like yeah. She's good. I was I had quite high hopes yeah. for it when I saw she was going to be in it. But she said... Of the director, who I think she'd worked with before, the quote I've got of, he was eaten and chewed up on Terminator. He was not the director I remembered. He didn't have a good time. No one had a good time. And I think um, when they, basically it came to the point of saying, well, we're not really going to renew it. It didn't do as well as we'd hoped. I think she expressed publicly that she was kind of happy that it was yeah. just kind of canned. She's so. glad she didn't have to do the sequels because uh, it is crap in it. It's awful. Well, again, it's that thing where we obviously we we watched all of these films again recently. Again, my expectations very low. I hated it at the time. Expectations very low. I think I enjoyed it to some extent as an action film. 
just as an as a kind of turn your brain off you know it's popcorn got, movie it's, it, it had its moments it's got some good ideas this idea that we're on an alternate timeline yeah. it's a bit of a remix we get to see again another cgi young schwarzenegger in the past get cut back to 1984 and old schwarzenegger has to fight with it i sort of like that idea but it's all it's the story I mean, it's around so it convoluted drivel dross yeah. um alternative timelines in and, and and you've got to talk about old man Arnie. I was you've took the words right out of my mouth. They, this they is expl- yeah, they, <laughs> they explain the reason you've got an old because in Terminator Three you could just about get away with oh it's yeah. just the same model he kind of looks just, just yeah let's gloss on the fact he looks a bit older by now he's clearly, clearly old yeah, old yeah he's got grey hair in it yeah so they just say oh yeah Terminator's age Did, yeah. didn't we tell you in any of the previous yeah. films they just get old and, what. Um, Amelia, Why would they? Amelia Clark, who plays a you know kind of a different version of Sarah Connor, uh, calls him pops. Yeah, he's been protecting her for years, for years so, since oh. she was like nine or something, and the, it's the, just such a stupid. The Kyle Reese plot. that comes back to look after her, but the joke is that he's kind of superfluous to requirements, and him and yeah. the Terminator have a bit of banter. He's played by Jai Courtney. I've never been a fan of Jai Courtney. Yeah, I, I didn't him. mind him he's, and that. He's not the most charismatic bloke in the world. And I you don't, don't like John Connor either, do you? Oh, is it uh, Jason Clark yeah. plays John Connor? There are actually two Australians playing American characters. I just wonder if maybe some of their acting ability, your acting ability gets eroded when you're having to concentrate on doing a voice maybe. throughout something. Maybe I'm doing them a disservice, but I don't think either of them are remotely likable as either a hero or villain in this mm. film because, of course, we get the. Oh, John Connor's been hacked by Skynet yeah. and turned into a half-human, half-Terminator that's then been sent back in time to trick them. It, honestly. And, and, and that's the th- crazy thing as well. He goes back in time to trick them. So he sees them at the police station. They're really happy to see him. They go out into the parking lot. Then we see old Pops come back, <laughs> shoot him, because he knows this guy's a Terminator. But why? why didn't... John Connor just killed them. Yeah, he's had or, ample but then, opportunity Oh no, but to is kill it because him. if he kills them, he won't then exist? But, so what's he so there for he's then? there to kind of talk them into... I don't know. It's real. It's real stupid shit. Drivel. So, uh, yeah, don't bother watching no. it. Don't watch Terminator Genesis. And then it, we come to the most recent film. It's probably, as you listen to it, still in the cinemas now... Or certainly at the time of recording. Hopefully yeah. people will be listening to this for years to come, Liam. Good point. Good point. If you're listening to this in 2036... <laughs> They'll probably have rebooted it again. It might be Judgment Day. It might have been and gone. You might yeah. be like in a little hunkered down hovel somewhere yeah. hiding from the Terminators. The soundtrack of the Resistance. And this will be the soundtrack of the Resistance. <laughs> Very good. Um, this one, again, we won't we won't go into spoiler territory because you... Chances are you haven't seen it. I uh, don't think many people have. Well, it, yeah, apparently it's another bottle shaping up to another again, box though, office as you said, They were planning to do like a new trilogy. So why did he keep arrogantly <laughs> yeah. saying, hey, we're so confident this movie's going to be great that we've got everyone Green signed up for two uh, yeah. more. What? Just don't tell us. Just yeah. do one movie. If it's any good, make a sequel. Yeah. Why do you have to announce a trilogy? It's so weird. I don't understand why they do that. But one thing we will say, I think we both agreed on, is that it starts off okay. It's yeah. quite a promising opening. You've got a. I was the, quite enjoying it. Yeah, you, um, you've got um, the the new villainous Terminator 
is a Rev9 because we're into different nomenclature because we've got a different version of Skynet that's now called oh, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Just don't no, no spoilers. So the Rev9 is played by Gabriel Luna. He was good. He's Very pretty good. cool. Yeah, I liked him. And the defender of humanity, um, the one who's sent back, is uh, played by Mackenzie Davis. She does a great job. She was really good. She's really yeah. good. I think really likable. Um, she she comes across as sort of vulnerable but very capable at the same time. She's like a, a well, I won't go no. into any more detail, but worth watching purely for her performance. I hope this kicks off a, a big career for her. So I think she's ace, and I think sort of a, maybe a third of the way through, halfway through, is when it just turns into utter, utter, utter bollocks, and we both just yeah, the, it takes you out of it so so much the, that you just kind of lose interest. We, well, I did. Anyway. We've talked about how it's become since Terminator Three. It's become harder and harder for them to crowbar Schwarzenegger in. Like, yeah. how do you explain why there's a really old Terminator, even though they've all kept being destroyed? The explanation in this movie is so bad that we watched in the cinema together and we looked yeah. at each other and just were like laughing basically. Yeah. It's so oh god. So from that point it's like, oh no, you switched off, not interested. This is rubbish. Which is a real shame. It yeah. feels like a real it, it it had a bit of promise, you know. I know but but I, I must confess that I I've seen a lot of reviews saying, well, at least it's, you know, easily the third best of the series. Mm. I'm not even sure it's that much better than the other crap sequels. It it is so far beneath Terminator One and Two that yeah, it's just it's another kind of, also ran. Well, maybe this is a good time to perhaps rank the films. Good shout. As um, we did in for the Halloween movies. Well, f- final thought on Terminator Dark Fate, just before we move off that, is to say I do like Linda Hamilton, and she is back in it. But even she... It, it's, I I, I <sighs> thought they'd made a very cartoonish... Parrot joke yeah. version of Sarah Connor, it almost felt like, didn't it? Uh, just, it? It was just a bit too... Very cliche, wasn't it? Like, oh, I'm a badass with a drinking problem. Yeah. And, and yet, as you pointed out after we watched it, she, you never once see her with a drink. I know. Um, and we yeah. just to finish off as well. And the other main character is Danny Ramos, played by Natalia Reyes. She again, fiery performance, good, pretty charismatic. It's a really strong female centric cast of heroes, which is great, particularly relevant in this day and age. But I, I don't want to let it off the hook just because it's a really good feminist, yeah. positive message. It's still not that good a film, in my opinion. So, let's rank them then. What's the crappiest one? Genesis. Yeah, it's definitely Genesis. It's a I spit on that movie. <laughs> if if I could, if that if I could go back in time, I'd go back in time and hey. I would um, assassinate uh, no, that's a bit that's, strong. Yeah, that's very strong. You want to be, be careful. <laughs> I, don't, I don't wish death upon any of its creators. I apologize. Just I just torture them a bit like yeah. maim them. Like maim uh, am like exactly, I just keep yeah. them alive. To does my sinister plaything to write shit. For them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so Genesis bottom of the pile. So Genesis bottom of the pile. Maybe uh, three then. Yeah, then number three. I hated it for years. Yeah. Maybe not that bad when you watch yeah. it back with no expectation and some vaguely decent sort of set piece. It not not great. Uh, I mean, this is where we may. Differ. I probably would say Salvation, and and then I would probably say the new one. But no, I'll I'll go with that. I'll give the new one. I think the new one promising was, opening. Yeah, good performances was, in some cases, or in all cases, good performances, just not necessarily very well written characters. Yeah. If they 
just change this one admittedly huge bit. Oh, you'll know it when you see it as well. If you watch it, you then know. it could have been quite a decent effort. But yeah, it's it does suffer. So I will give it for that. I, I'll go with that. And salvation, therefore, in a fourth place. Yeah. I do think merits a watch it, it could because be it's a bit three different. Or four, but yeah, yeah, and at least they're trying something different. Whereas by a mile, untouchable. Yeah. You've got Terminator One and Two. Are we agreed that Terminator Two is actually the best movie in the series? It was always we're the same here. It was always one of my favourite films growing up. I think it was my favourite film. I remember having it on video, uh, VHS video, buying it. Yeah, and Um, I think when I did that as well, I remember finding out that there were loads of cut bits that yeah, I'd never seen because right, it used to always yeah. get edited down on the TV that's for right, time yeah. or whether they were just yeah. trying to cut out some of the more gory bits so there was all this extra horrible stuff that I yeah. was like yeah so but yeah I would have T2 as the number one film and I uh, well to sum up I suppose please do please um, do oh I will just ask very quickly other Terminator media worthy of mentioning is there any? there is interestingly there as we record this, there's a new video game coming out. Oh. I think it's in December called Terminator Retribution. Look any good? It actually looks okay. It's like a first-person shooter game. I All think right. it's set in the future. I think it could be one of those good kind of like double A video yeah. games, like that we used to get so many of that we don't really yeah, want. Now everything it's gone now to is the like triple A yeah. blockbuster or an indie game. Yeah, this to me looks like it could be like a respectable sort of. Three out of five, you play it on a weekend. And I remember fondly on the Sega Mega Drive, which of course, yeah. ironically, is called the Sega Genesis yeah, in yeah. America, but don't worry because this is not as bad as Gen- Terminator Genesis, was Robocop versus yeah. Terminator. That was a good laugh. That was it? a laugh. They, they used to have some like pretty functional platform games. I remember yeah. one on the Commodore playing that. That was just basically the second film. But I don't think there's any must-have, no. must-buy other Terminator media. Interesting. I'll tell you the one thing you, you should check out, actually, is Terminator is a guest character in the new Mortal Kombat. Oh, is it? DLC. I didn't know and that. the fatality is awesome. Oh, go on. What, what's, what is it? What's the fatality? So, it basically, sort of pins their legs down, like shoots their legs, then... Sends them into the future in one of those, you know, the big... Like a blue blob. Blue blob of electricity. (laughs) So when they get into the future, their legs have been basically cut off. So they're crawling along and then an actual actual robot just comes out and blasts it in the face. You've got to see it. They're getting good at... Whoever's got the gig of writing the fatalities in the Mortal Kombat games, though, is doing... Seems to be enjoying themselves. And they've also had a bit of a crossover in the new Gears of War game and, like, the multiplayer and stuff. So, again, it's that thing about it being a franchise now. I think the thing is, you can't really go wrong... Well, you can go wrong, because they've gone very wrong in a lot of these films, but just... It's cool, isn't it? It's a metal skeleton. Mm. An unstoppable metal skeleton. How'd you mess that up? Yeah. It's a great image. Um, in closing... Please. Uh, the first two are so good that I think you can ignore the shit sequels. Yeah. We've had this before, haven't we? We've had the, this many the, times, it, yeah. The original work is so high quality that the fact that it's sadly then been dragged out into this interminable franchise yeah. is... If you ignore all of the dross that's come subsequently and just focus on the first two movies, mm. there's such classics that I, you know, how could I refuse entry into the hot <coughs> of pain? Ha ha ha! So welcome. Well, it is. It's in. It's in for real. It's. I honestly, I, I mean it. 
Um, I know yeah, you were worried I was that might not get in. Yeah. You looked like you were sweating a bit, and I was worrying you were you got a bit pale and like almost rotten. Like maybe your flesh has just been plastered onto a metal endoskeleton. You're terminated. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you one thing. This podcast sure is terminated. <laughs> Don't say that. Well, you've you been no, cancelled. No, I just meant we're going to stop recording oh, now. Okay. That, that's all. Thank Don't worry. We'll be back next time. Okay. For more dark natterings. Yes. Thanks for tuning Hasta in. Hasta la vista. Babies. You want me to go fucking trash your lights? Do you want me to fucking trash them? Fuck! And what the fuck is it with you? I was looking at the light. Fuck! And what the fuck is it with you? I was looking at the light. Fuck! And what the fuck is it with you? I was looking at the light. Fuck! And what the fuck is it with you? I was looking at the light. It's fucking distracting. Thank you for joining us once again for another frightful instalment of Dark Natter. If you enjoyed the show, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Whereas if you hated it, then please feel free to send us a deluge of abuse at darknatterpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with us via Instagram at darknatterpodcast or on Twitter at dark underscore natter. We'd love to hear your suggestions for future contenders for the Hall of Pain. Please also check out our YouTube channel, Dark Natter, where you'll mainly find Liam and me embarrassing ourselves trying to play scary games and screaming like babies. And in a final shameless plug, I would love it if you'd pop across to www.john-richter.com. That's where you'll find my assorted works of dark fiction, including my new short story collection, John Richter's Disturbing Works, Volume 2, available now on Amazon in paperback or for your e-reader device. It only remains to say thank you again for listening, and we'll see you soon. Don't you fucking